an outcome because it's never going to happen. There's no such thing mm -hmm. as an end journey. It's truly the process and journey. And we can say that as much as we want. We still have this thing in the back of our head of like, yeah, but I just, I can't wait to get here. Whatever that is, is usually our hindrance. Like, no, we really need to be obsessed with just being present wherever your feet are, be there. The first embezzled victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conquer Approach, a journey of self-mastery to cultivate our faith, mindset, wellness, and to allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, faithful believer, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and coach, Musa Mikhail. Let's conquer. Welcome back to the Conquer Approach. I appreciate you for tuning in today. I have Josh Andrew, who is a leader, speaker, entrepreneur, podcaster, and Josh is also an author of the Amazon bestseller, What's the Point, as a content creator and partner with the Uversion Bible app. Thank you, Josh, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to have this conversation. No, absolutely. I am too, man. And I feel like there's never a good enough time to talk about overcoming and conquering our issues in life. Um, I see it more and more each day, the mental health issues, the depression, the mm -hmm. violence. We see this if we see the news or anything. If we're open, if we're awake, we, we're noticing this stuff happening. Uh, and it, it's one of the things that is at the core of this show and, and why I do this work. And I just want to get your insight, your perspective, because you've helped a lot of people. You make amazing content. You have deep conversations of things that need to be talked about on your podcast and in your content. So uh, before we get into all that, I just if we want to go a little bit into you, let, let the people yeah. know a little bit about Josh and and what are some of the key influences that kind of led you to where you are today? Yeah, 100 percent. Well, I'm. Josh, I have an amazing, beautiful wife named Lexi. She's in the other room because we got snowed in, eight inches of snow here in Omaha, Nebraska. So I live in Omaha. My wife and I are moving very, very soon. Um, really, my upbringing, uh, like an overview, I did not grow up in the church at all. Didn't grow up really a Christian. I would have said I was, but I really didn't even know what that meant. Uh, about 15 years old, I had um, a very intense car accident where me and four other people almost died. I was the one driving. Tore my ACL meniscus, so I uh, left sports, which was my identity. And I was in a relationship that was uh, very toxic and very unhealthy. Um, and started to have panic attacks and like real, real bad, intense anxiety. Didn't even know what that was. And right about 15, 16, I gave my life to Jesus, not through um, a preacher, Sharon, whatever. It was literally in a small group. And from there, I had uh, a young adult grab a hold of me and disciple me, took me to Panda Express, took me to Wings, took me to coffee, banging on my window every Sunday, like, dude, you're coming to church with me. And through then, I just, I was passionate about the church. I didn't know how to, what to do, how to do it, how to become a pastor, any of that. Um, and I just said, yes, no matter what role it was, whether it was holding the door or sweeping or showing up on Tuesday afternoons, skipping school to go to church. I don't know how great that is, but um, ended up going to business school, went to the Bible college. Uh, my wife and I were a part of two church plants. And like I said, we are moving to Los Angeles 
um, very, very soon to be a part of an amazing church. And yeah, continue. We own businesses. I, I'm a creative director and everything in between. So that's the overview. Hey, man, I appreciate it because it's hard yeah. to summarize a, a life full of experiences, but you did you did an amazing job. But you, you did mention something uh, that is a real issue that people don't really realize. It. And you talked about mm -hmm. the anxiety and, and the panic attacks, which yeah, I've dealt with anxiety. Sometimes I still do deal with anxiety. And mm -hmm. uh, what was what was that like navigating from that ang anxious state? and right. panic attacks because not not everyone understands what a panic attack really is and yeah how detrimental it, it feels in that moment oh, so 100 yeah i really had no context or idea what it was either until i started having them uh it's probably 15 16 like i said and i would wake up in the morning getting ready for school and I, my heart rate would be intense so like you're working out sweating uh, literally like in the middle of a workout, but I wasn't working out. I just woke up and I didn't know what that was. My heart rate was up. So I literally, it, but it was so intense that I couldn't breathe. And I called my mom right away. She was already at work. And I was like, mom, I think I'm having a heart attack. Like, I don't know. And of course your mom, you're like, my son just told me he's having a heart attack and he's 15, go to the hospital. So I went and they checked everything. They're like, I don't, I don't know. And that literally happened on a weekly basis, probably for like five months until I saw just my like general doctor. And she asked me like, does your family struggle with this stuff? Which opened up a whole conversation with all my family about it. And come to find out everybody does um, in my family. So literally went on a probably six year journey of um, trying to figure out again, I was saved and I had it. So everybody thinks that it's just going to go away when you get saved. It's not, that's not the reality. Um, and again, I still struggle in moments of, of, of anxiousness, just like you said, but, um, that's, that's how I would explain a panic attack was literally like you are the most intense workout you could possibly think of, but you're not working out. It's just your heart rate's intense. You're sweating. You can't breathe. Um, it's really intense. Yeah. You mentioned that. It didn't just go away once you surrendered to, to yeah. God and to Christ. And that's another important thing. And and that's that's this journey, man. We're we're mm -hmm. on this journey to self-mastery, to self-embetterment, to to faith, yeah. to surrender. And it, it's a it's a constant thing. And and people want I want to remind you that it it is that. Like you have to continuously surrender. You have to continuously mm -hmm. find hope. You have to continuously navigate these emotions. Like you you might make a great decision. And the feelings are still there, right? Like anxiety still creeps up mm -hmm. sometimes. And and now right. I'm sure you're better equipped to deal with that. Like yeah. what, what are some of the things you do or even self-talk? What, what do you tell yourself when you, when you notice in your body anxiety yep. arising? Yeah, I would say some of the key factors. And I think a lot of people try to overcomplicate it, I think, with anything. But um I work out every single morning. I read my Bible every single morning as best as I can. Um, and I don't just read my Bible to read it, to check a box, but I read it to understand it and ask God to reveal the truth in his scriptures. Um, I have a therapist. I think it's like absolutely ne a necessity for, I don't care if you believe in God or not, you should be sitting with somebody and they should be asking you questions. Like they are a professional. We go to the doctor for checkups with our internal stuff. We should as well with our emotions and feelings and traumas and past. Um, yeah, but I think it's the emotional, physical, spiritual stuff. Like 
Am I a part of a local church? Am I a part of a small group that's going to love me, encourage me? Um, do I have a friend? Obviously, I have a wife. And I get coffee with friends, and I'm very open with it. And I think what we need to do is not make it so awkward or weird, um, especially with anxiety or hurts or whatever it is. Again, you just said that like, we're on a journey. Whatever journey you're in, just being honest with that and so, yeah, I mean, I, I was on anxiety medication for, I think, three years. I'm not anti-medication. I'm just not on it now. I was in college and I gave it up. I just kind of left it, let it go. Um, and I've probably had one panic attack in like three years. So I take care of my body, take care of my soul. I don't, I don't uh, spend a crazy amount of time on social media. It's all the things that we hear all the time and we go, yeah, but it's like, no, it's actually majority of the time, the antidote, or we're hiding something we don't want to talk. Hence, we need a therapist. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a lot of times, like a lot of little things. It's yep. not like this one thing, it could be like this one thing is causing my anxiety and that's right. good to address, but it's a lot of accumulation of these little things and not mm -hmm. taking care of your body, too much social media, not praying, not having anybody, nobody around you to talk to or right. to like no way to express these emotions or no healthy manner at least uh yeah. and that's what i've noticed with me and in, in my past too it was a lot of i didn't have people I, I didn't open up to people i just kept it inside and it just festered up mm -hmm. uh you know and and a lot of little things trying to do too much here and there and over yeah. doing too much not resting rest i think right. is incredibly right. important yes in this go 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 world is 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 like a not a priority but it right. should be. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, it's literally in one of the 10 commandments is to have a Sabbath right next to cheating on your wife, stealing and killing. God put it in the 10 commandments to rest. And it's, um, so I don't think we think of it as that important, but it is that important. Um, mm -hmm. literally, like you said, it's the little things, but they add up like it's accumulative and it's us not taking care of ourselves. Um, and thinking that that's selfish to take a day off and to rest and to eat good food and watch a funny movie, you know, it's like sometimes we need it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I want to backtrack because you said you had uh, someone kind of mentor you and mm -hmm. and lead you into this this lifestyle yeah. and to Christ and the church. And he, he, he was kind of like your accountability guy, it sounds yeah. like. I literally had no concept of like the pastor leads people. I was just a 16 year old kid who was uh, probably the loudest guy in small group, you know, that kid. Um, but he grabbed a hold of me and he didn't have a theology degree. He did wasn't saved for 50 years. He was like 26 and literally got saved probably nine months before I did, but he was one step ahead of me and both sides of it. It was a mutual relationship that I wanted because I, I saw him and I saw the fruit in his life. Um, and I, I just didn't care. I, I needed somebody to challenge me and, and I, and I loved his lifestyle and I just wanted whatever his lifestyle was. So he was still single. Now he's married, has three kids and he's led worship for like 15 years or whatever. So it's like, um, yeah, it's the lifestyle and I saw it, but he challenged me. I mean, like I said, literally it would like bang on my window. Like, dude, you're going to church with me. Sat in the front row, three services while he led worship with a journal. I took notes. He held me accountable, gave me rides, did whatever it took. And we're, he's still in my life to this day. 
and he probably always will be obviously, but yeah, I think mentorship is imperative. Um, and for me to find somebody else who I can disciple because I feel like discipleship is, um, a necessity, uh, even if you don't believe in Jesus, having somebody who can lift you up higher, um, is absolutely imperative. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to let that glaze by because it, it's just so important. Like this, mm -hmm. this man impacted you and now you're out here impacting other people in that ripple effect. And now yeah. you're going to disciple people and they're going to disciple and, and it's just never going to end. And it just took him, you know, taking some interest in you and caring enough to reach out, to tell you to right. join him, to show you the path in a way that yeah. led to this. And, and I think that's super powerful. But on the other end, you received that and you mm -hmm. accepted it and you took that on and you're open to receiving that kind of guiding mentorship, that yeah. leadership, right? And, and you're, you're in that role of being a good mm -hmm. student or just going for it or listening at least enough to apply and that's super powerful. So both sides right. of that, I wanted yeah, to I cover. Mean, I think two sides of it, like you just said, I think one side men in general um, get really insecure about leading. Like, no, you you have something inside of you. Like, like I said, he was literally one step ahead of me and he didn't have this massive intention. He just literally was like, I think I could impart or put something in him and encourage him for God's sakes. You know, like it's not hard just to text a friend and encourage them. That's 99% of time what we need. But also I was teachable. Like I wanted it. I was hungry for it. I didn't know what I was doing. So I needed somebody who did. So it's the one side of like, we need to become more secure in ourselves to be able to share what we've learned. And the other side, you need to be teachable no matter who it is. Even if they you think they don't know more than you, you can learn something from them. I love that. I used to say everyone's a teacher if yeah. you are willing to be a student. And mm -hmm. that's so beautiful because it's not like he was some major, you know, so, you know, a celebrity coach or major pastor or whatever the case is he said he was saved a few months before you but he was just reaching out he was encouraging people around him so it's like that even inspires me when i'm thinking like oh i'm not enough to be doing some of this stuff like i'm not good enough like who am i or what? those thoughts creep in mm -hmm. and it's like you don't even need to be all established or have you know, you don't have to have a podcast, a YouTube channel, all these things, as long as you're willing to just encourage a person next to you and mm -hmm. actually make that human connection. You know, that's something I'm, I'm working on myself and, you know, seeing it, you know, happen in your life is just mm -hmm. a good reminder that I don't need to have everything figured out to help someone. No. And I don't think we ever do. Right. Like I know that a lot of this podcast is about the process or the journey and never being obsessed with an outcome because it's never going to happen. There's no such thing mm -hmm. as an end journey. It's truly the process and journey. And we can say that as much as we want. We still have this thing in the back of our head of like, yeah, but I just, I can't wait to get here. Whatever that is, is usually our hindrance. Like, no, we really need to be obsessed with just being present wherever your feet are, be there. Um, like I'm in my studio at home, like I'm here, I'm talking to you. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing this afternoon or the snow or taking, I'm just like, no, I'm here and I'm present. Um, just like being at coffee with somebody or being at church or working your job, you're just here and present. And that's how we actually become successful is being present, you know? You know, that's so tough, man. Now in these days where everything is trying to grab your attention and you have yeah. 
a thousand more distractions than you know we've had in previous generations and i agree though it is our ability to just be there wherever we're at be there whatever whatever is in front of our face right deal with that and you know that that's brought up one of the questions i actually did want to ask you is like how do you stay focused in such a distracting world yeah great question i don't let anybody tell me what my calendar or time does i would say that um so it's a distraction because we are letting something else whether that be social media a person anything else our thoughts tell us what we're going to do versus no i'm going to tell whatever that is what i'm going to do with it so very very practically I do not, I think of my to-dos on a weekly basis. So I know the things I need to get done this week, whether like with my job or with content or whatever. And on a daily basis, every morning, I just write out my day. Like hour by hour, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Like I said, I wake up at 4 a.m. every single day. I know exactly where I'll be at 4.20, 4.10. And I just structure it. And I literally on a piece of paper on my desk, I just write it out. And I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. And I know that nobody's going to tell me what my calendar will look like because I have control over it. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's a healthy thing because we, again, our success is determined by our productivity and our uh, obsession with being um, practically just, I'm going to do these specific things this week, but on an hourly basis, every single day, I know exactly where I'll be. No, that's great. That's great advice. And I, I do the same with just structuring the week. Some people just do it day by day, but it, I feel better when you structure like your week, you know yeah. what you're going to do on each day and you take that Sunday or Monday or whatever to f- figure out how your week looks like. Mm-hmm. If you have a plan for the week, you can break it down into that in- increments. And one of the right. things I've learned in the past that I, I'm, I'm actually reapplying this to my life now because I, I find myself being distracted and and it's a struggle for me to focus a lot of times, you know, checking yeah. the phone and, and, you know, being present is, is the key thing that I think separates everyone who's effective and successful and whatever they do, mm-hmm. whoever mastered their craft or whatever impact they make, they're focused on that. Yeah. And I've been sl- sliding, I feel. So, and then I remember mm-hmm. what I used to do when I was really good at it was just asking myself, is this the best use of my time right now? Mm-hmm. And most of the time it was no, <laughs> the answer was right. no, I was wasting time or I was distracted. I wasn't doing my, the things that I prioritize in my life. So mm-hmm. no, I, lo- I love that you oh. bring that up, man. Yeah. I mean, literally our time is like a bank account every single day. You have 24 hours, right? Eight hours, of, eight hours of sleep. You're working for eight hours. So you have eight more hours additionally time. And you seem to think about what what is most effective in my time? And obviously we work and some people work 12 hours and we work four hours, whatever. You just need to, you need to tell your time where it's going. Like I know exactly. And again, like I said, it's very, um, a generalized statement, but I just, I just won't let somebody else tell me what my time's going to look like. Um, Mm -hmm. because I, I care that much about what I'm doing and who I'm serving, whether that be my wife, like we have a date night for a reason. It's because we know it is a, uh, core foundation of our marriage is to date one another and love one another, have fun. Nobody's going to tell me not to do that. You know, it's on our calendar. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's not on your calendar, you probably don't. Uh, sorry. I always say stuff that's super polarizing or savage, and I don't want to be that guy anymore. So I'm stopping myself in the tracks, guys. Um, put it on your calendar, whatever it is, <laughs> you value it. Please, please, please. I beg you put it on your calendar because it is valuable. 
Yeah. And it, it takes a little load off your mind too. Once mm -hmm. you put it down somewhere, put it in your calendar. Yeah. So you're not thinking about, oh, what's the next thing? You just let me glance at this and, and look at what's what I have next instead of trying to remember everything that you have to do because someone like you, man, you have multiple roles, like your content creator, your entrepreneur, you're, you're doing these things, you serve the church, you have a wife, you're doing all these things. And we wonder like, how are you doing all the things that you're doing? Right. And I think you just mentioned how you do it really. Well, yeah. And I, like I said, I've, I think I've said it twice now, it's not that complicated. Like it might look like there is a lot of things that are being done, but at the end of the day, I still have a lot of free time. Like I, I do what I want because I know I can be so effective in the six hours of putting content all over with like being a creative director for a company, like helping the vision forward with like video editing and all this stuff, the people on my team for that side of the stuff. I, I'm just, I'm constantly thinking about strategy and effectiveness because I care about my free time. Like I love free time. I love to just chill. I love to watch basketball or go to a movie or do whatever. Um, and, and it's not bad. Like I, I don't work 20 hours. Of, I'm not one of those entrepreneur guys who's like, you got to work hard to what it's like. Yeah. Like you said earlier, there's no such thing as hustle culture. It's so unhealthy. It's so bad. Creates burnout and mm -hmm. you'll hate it. Whatever you're doing in two years, been there, done that. Um, so care a lot about what you do, but also care about why you're doing it. Like I do all these things, not because I care about followers or I care about influence. I just want to serve people and help people and help brands and whatever it is. Like I said, it's just whatever I'm doing, I'm going to do it um, very effectively if I can. Yeah. Then you mentioned something super powerful that I've dealt with is the burnout and wow. yeah, the hustle culture. Like you, you, you can never have enough mm -hmm. and like when when can you just stop <laughs> and right. take a breath and appreciate what's in front of you if mm -hmm. you're you're I, I understand so that, how do you balance that like the the striving to be better the striving to grow the striving mm -hmm. to have more the having the right. vision and the direction in life versus rest and mm -hmm. and to create a lifestyle where you can watch a movie because some people who hustle are so busy right. that they can't even watch a basketball game. 100%. Well, I would say this busyness is not a badge. It's a warning sign. So whenever I have ever had a conversation with somebody and they're, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm just busy. I know they're not effective because busyness is not effectiveness. Like busyness is just work. You're just doing a bunch of things, but you're not doing the right things. It's all about being effective. And just as much as we're talking about our eight-hour workday or working out, your rest should be on your calendar. And it should probably be the number two priority of your list. Number one, obviously, spending time with God, which hence is rest, by the way. Um, that's actually where we find rest and Sabbath. Um, very Christian word there. But uh, yeah, our rest comes from Jesus. It comes from the only thing that can truly refresh you. It cannot... Um, no nap, no meal, whatever um, can refresh you, like spending a 5 a.m. up with God, reading his word and praying. And like you said, um, and not just listening to a sermon, but really soaking in the, the truth of the scriptures. Um, that's that's how you beat burnout. And it's it's being proactive. It's going ahead of time and allowing yourself to say no to things. What we What you say yes to looks cool on Instagram, but what you say no to will be great when you're 60 and you're still grinding, you know? 
Um, cause again, it's not like I'm a, a master at this. I, I have times where I'm exhausted, uh, literally just talking to my, uh, therapist on Monday about this. Like it used to be about every seven months I had a month where I was just like exhausted, tired in bed, I was just tired. I just worked too hard. And, and knowing those triggers of like, oh, I'm trying to just control my future way too much and just allow things to process and work through that is way more healthy and long-term. Like if you want to, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a husband for six years, work 80 hours a week, drink seven energy drinks a day. I drink one. It's not that big of a deal, but if you want to actually be a healthy leader and a healthy entrepreneur or whatever, whatever you do, uh, you got to rest. And it's not, it's not even optional. It's no, I, and resting proactively knows I know what refreshes me. Solitude for me refreshes me going to a coffee shop by myself with no phone refreshes me just sitting and, and being by myself. Cause I'm an introvert, like knowing the things that you love, and being able to do those unapologetically and not caring what other people think about you is how you don't get burnt out. Mm. And honestly, it, it could be as as simple as making a list of a few things that do that, like yeah. going to the coffee shop, a solitude, right? Jesus taught us to take that time alone. He did it. Right. He's got yeah. he had solitude from everyone and and just spent time by himself in prayer and meditation. It's like he obviously did it because it was important. Right. Right. And and what are some of the things that fill your cup? You know, for me, I love yeah. hiking. I like being outside. I like just, you know, when the weather's nice, at least just being out in nature, taking a walk or whatever the case is, you know, sitting at a coffee shop, having a, a meal with someone, like whatever those things are, a lot mm -hmm. of times they're not even crazy. No. <laughs> like you could sit by yourself for, you know, 10 minutes, you know, you could go to a coffee shop like that could be the solution to, right. to burning out. Like going to a coffee shop without your phone, really? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I know literally if I go to a coffee shop for an hour, just an hour by myself with a journal and I'll walk there. We live downtown and walk to a coffee shop, get a good cup of coffee and sit. I'm good for three weeks. Like I'm good. Like I have all the things that are going through my brain that I've been thinking about business ideas, content ideas, maybe just things for me, not for anybody else. And just writing them down or like thinking, uh, it opens up space and clarity because again, the whole conversation about anxiety, it's because you know, it's don't, don't have peace of mind and clarity. It's because we just need to write things down and think through the things that are in our thoughts and, and reflect on the past couple months or however long it's been. And just think like, man, it's been a long week. I need to sit down and just chill and write some things down and think about my next week and, and thank God for whatever's in front of me. Um, because I don't think we're as thankful as we need to be, but yeah, it's not that complicated. You just reminded me of a quote I heard by Henry Ford. I think it goes something like thinking is the hardest thing to do. That's why so few people do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. you, you would think like just sitting there and reflecting with a journal, like mm -hmm. how powerful that could be for the rest of the week, the rest of the month, whatever the case is. And just taking what's in your mind and making it real on paper, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's content ideas, whether it's just how you're feeling, like what you're experiencing right. or just like, what, what, what was I doing? What, what was my strengths and weaknesses? This week? Was I effective? Like, mm -hmm. what can I do better? What can I, you know, improve on? What did I do well? 
What am right. I grateful for? Like you just writing is such a powerful tool and people have probably heard of it, you know, great gratitude journals or just journaling. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, yeah, it, it sounds nice, but it truly transforms you because you focus changes from all the things you haven't done and the things that are out here that are distracting you versus like what's really going on in my life and what can I improve and what can I be happy for? Yeah. I mean, anybody, anybody can do that. Anybody, you don't even have to believe in Jesus to be grateful or thankful and understand that you've been given so much on this planet. And if you live in America, you can walk outside or hence that you live in an apartment, you should be thankful because there are people who do not do that, have a house or have access to water are just our measurement of thankfulness. Um, I believe needs to increase in myself included. Like I need to be more thankful and grateful. Uh, like you said, a quote, I heard a quote this one time, super convicting to me. If you woke up tomorrow with the only things you thank God for, for today, what would you have? So hmm. tomorrow you wake up, the only things you had were the things you thanked God for today. What would you have? That's always challenging me to know that man, there are so many things in my life that I don't thank God for that I need to uh, because he's blessed me with them. I love that. I love that quote. And even as simple as we, we probably heard it a bunch of times, but just our breath. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to breathe. <laughs> it is really a gift that I have breath and right. we don't, we don't realize it is until we can't breathe. <laughs> and you probably experienced that during your panic <laughs> yeah. attacks. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, we care so much about our productivity and effectiveness and all that stuff matters. But at the end of the day, what really, really matters 90% of the time is the people that are in our lives um, and the things we get to do that we enjoy. We love like those are, those are the things that we wake up. We wake up on purpose for a purpose for the daughter we have, or for the mom that we want to put her in a new house or whatever it is. Those are the things that we need to consistently be thankful for. And then things that we don't have, like friends that we don't have anymore. Thank you, Jesus, for not having that person in my life anymore. You know, um, we just, we need to be more, more grateful. And that, that is the antidote of anxiety. That is the antidote, antidote of depression. Most of the time is just being thankful for the great things that are in our life. Yeah. And just like one moment at a time doing that. Yeah. changes the way your brain works. It truly 100%. rewires it to not focus on the things that are making you feel depressed, right? And not making you identify with, I'm just depressed. I'm an anxious right. person. It's, you know, it's a feeling. I'm feeling those things. Mm -hmm. But once you shift that focus to the simple things, a couple of things that you're grateful for and think about those, mm -hmm. like your brain starts to look for more things to be grateful for. I talked about this. You just start finding new things to be grateful for the more you're grateful and then you just, mm -hmm. you can't stop. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. And for, for, um, some of these things, like I noticed you're living your, it seems like your purpose mm -hmm. and that's why you have some of the creative, uh, expression that you have, uh, which I think is so instrumental to being a human being is yeah. having our creative expression because it's one of the things that separate us from everything mm -hmm. is our our mind and our creative imagination and you're using you, you're utilizing that in your way and some people mm -hmm. i think the the people who are most happiest don't use any creativity any imagination they're just kind of stuck in a job that 
they do the same thing every day and they just live this redundant life. What, right. what did you do or how did you go from where you were before to kind of creating a lifestyle where you can serve your purpose and be creative? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say specifically about just me kind of being able to not have a boss, number one, um, and do my own thing was in college. I started posting on social media, just the uh, version pictures, just like, and whatever that verse meant to me that day, I would post it. And it started to like explode in like 2014 or whatever. And people started reaching out and businesses were like, Hey, I understand. We, we know that you understand social media, how like we can pay you. Will you run our account? I was like, okay, I don't even know what that means, but sure. Um, so I would say from that point on, I've always had this kind of feeling that, um, again, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't even really understand what that meant. I wanted to go to school full time and figure out, like, just do church stuff. Um, just be like a pastor, which is great. And my wife and I pastor people all the time and are again, part of the local church, but at the end of the day, um, what I do 10 hours a day. Um, is a byproduct of me working for seven straight years of posting content on every platform and not thinking about what other people are doing, but trying to create, like you just use the word create opportunities for other people to mimic whatever we're doing, whatever platform we're creating content for. Like we're not copying things, we are creating things. And and like you said, there's a lot of people who aren't creating and they're just, um, and they're not creating their future because I think that's what humans do. Humans create futures. We, we're we the only being on the whole planet that literally has the opportunity to create a future. Um so that's what I'm doing. I'm just, and I'm not thinking about in 10 years and 20 years, I'm a visionary. I'm like a big visionary, but I know none of that comes to fruition if I don't work hard today and be effective today. Um, so, and I also think a lot of it is just our design. Like I think some people, we, we over idolize entrepreneurship and just doing our own thing. But at the end of the day, not everyone's supposed to be an entrepreneur, just like not everybody's supposed to be a pastor. Not everybody's supposed to be a NBA player. Like I'm 5'10". I'm not going to the NBA. I know that. Um, but LeBron James, that was he was literally designed to play basketball. And again, his future is so much bigger than basketball. So whatever we are passionate about, um, and I just, I never cared about just making a lot of money. I think that's um, our motives matter so much when we get into something. Like I never cared about making a lot of money. I don't care. I literally... I want, I'd rather have freedom than finances. Like I just don't like other people telling me what to do. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is what it is. Um, but it, again, it's, it's all about, uh, and people are creative. Like literally the first seven verses of scripture or whatever in the beginning, God created and we are created in, in the image of God. God is a creative. So every person on this planet has something inside of them that they can create an idea a business of whatever. And that all stems from us being an image of God and knowing how to create because uh, people are just scared. People are scared that whatever they're going to create isn't going to be liked or isn't going to be effective or whatever. And at the end of the day, just do it. Nobody cares. We absolutely need whatever that idea is. You might have the billion dollar idea and you're holding it back because you're insecure because your second grade teacher told you that you suck at art. That might be true at the end of the day, but 
you might be super effective in something else. So understanding that we are designed to create because we are made in the image of God. And that's an absolute truth, not my opinion. Um, and then at the end of the day, you just need to be effective and be open and transparent about whatever you want to do and not care what other people think. No, that's so huge. And that just makes me think about like, what, what can I do to be creative or how can I be creative? And And sometimes it's, something that you've known your whole life is something you enjoy and you're good at, but you're letting fear stop you because of what other people might think of you. And if you think about any great artist or creator or in anything, whether that's sport, music, artwork, their first, whatever wasn't Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) No, they didn't come out the womb. You know, Picasso didn't come out the womb painting, (laughs) painting LeBron James couldn't dunk. As soon as he walked out, like he had to practice and and right. put it into play and, and not care that he didn't know how to shoot when he first started. You have to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. Like that's the thing. And you, you've been doing it for years. So it's as we see your fruits now, but that's why I think it's important to talk about kind of the journey of it. Mm-hmm. You, you've been yeah. doing it for a long time now compared to someone who wants to start today and right. expecting to have the same results as you have now. Yeah. I mean, we've heard this so much, but if you want to do what people do, do what they did. Like everybody wants the end goal. Everybody wants to get wherever that person is. Ask them how they got there. Ask them. And again, ask them what their thought process was on the journey. Like when you started, what were the key indicators of knowing that you'd be great at this? Like knowing what questions to ask experts is how you grow and learn. And like, again, teachability is everything, but you need to be able to ask the right questions and understand how they got there. Because 99% of the people who we look at of experts, you ask them, they're like, I don't even have it all figured out. I'm, I'm just, again, one step ahead. Like I said about Nick, my mentor, like he's just one step ahead. And us being able to live in that space and not, and again, it's a long journey. Like we all have hurts and hangups and things in our, our heart that shouldn't be there and all that. We all fall short of the glory of God, Like we all know that. But being able to be teachable and to know the right questions. And at the end of the day, it's hard work. Whatever you want to do and you want to be great at it, it's going to take hard work. And that's good. That's healthy. We're going to work in heaven. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's work came before the fall of Adam and Eve. Like it came before, like it's literally God's design for us to work and work hard and be effective. And that's part of it, man. Embracing the fact that it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be work. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be easy. And that's even, even when it is easy, some people, everyone who I've known who retired gets so bored that they just yeah. want to do something. <laughs> right. So even then, like you have to apply yourself to something that's worthwhile. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, we're, we're wrapping up here on time and I just, I want to ask you one thing. It could be whatever, however, whatever comes up for you. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, I tend to ask this sometimes I'm trying to ask you more cause it's in theme with the mm-hmm. podcast. But yeah. what does it, what does it mean for you to be a conqueror? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something that we, we forget is that conqueror that word is literally a like a past tense. Like we literally already are. I think understanding that our mindset of I am like whatever that is in our life, we have actually already conquered that. Um, and if you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus, he literally death, hell, and the grave 
create an opportunity for you to beat whatever's in front of you. Like he literally fought your battle for you and won and it was cake for him. It was easy. It was nothing. It's like a breath of fresh air for you because you're like, oh, it's not about my hard work then. It's not about me trying to figure everything out and do everything on my own. It's actually just partnering with somebody who already won. So it's like already joining the winning team. That's what being a conqueror is to me, is understanding it's not about you, number one, and it's not about just you figuring it all out. If it was, we would be robots, but we're human beings with spirits and, uh, again, a lot of hurt and hangups and things that we've went through as humans. Um, and But what we could do is allow our past to either be a prison or a school. And I don't want my past to be a prison. I want my past to be a school. I want to learn and I want to be a teacher. I want to have people in my classroom learning about my past so they don't have to go through the things I went through. So being a conqueror is knowing whatever is in front of you, I've already conquered it. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. That was beautiful, man. And and, and one last thing on that is not, I love the fact that you're not doing it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Leaning on others, leaning on God who's already conquered mm -hmm. everything. Like, you don't have to do it yourself. And sometimes yeah. we do think conqueror might mean, oh, I got to destroy and conquer or whatever. It's like, no, it's just how can I conquer my thoughts? Mm -hmm. How can right. I conquer my past so it doesn't enslave me? Mm -hmm. Those little things that are really big things. Yeah. And it's, it's about having those people around you, having faith in what's greater than everyone. Mm -hmm. That will give you strength. You might not be able to do it yourself, but with someone like Josh, some of his content, some people like Josh has your mentor, Nick, and you have probably other people and your wife, and there's probably countless people who are supporting you. And then above that, you have faith in the one who mm -hmm. conquered everything. So right. that, that was just beautiful, man. I, I love, I love that question for some people. Cause it just, it's a, it's a deep question, but yeah. it, it, it covers the things that truly I think matter and mm -hmm. and becoming a better person and and just yeah. having a better journey. Right. Yeah, I mean it's it's a our literally when you wake up you're in a battle and you need to understand the mindset like I said the truth of this that whatever's in front of you it's already been conquered. So knowing that this has already been beaten how much easier would your anxiety feel? How much easier mm -hmm would the divorce 10 years ago feel when you go, oh, whatever I did to create this, that brokenness and the hurts was actually already healed 2000 years ago. It was already beaten 2000 years ago. And being able to live in that and literally John 15, go read John 15 right now, every listener, the, the vine and the branches, no vine has ever squeezed out fruit. Like they're not working hard and striving to figure out how to produce fruit. It's literally in their design. They That's what they do. Vines create fruit. And for us, again, it's the striving. It's the just hustle. We were not designed to do that. We were designed to be a part of, we're a branch, a part of a vine, and the vine literally creates fruit through us. So living in peace and solitude and, uh, like you said, having faith and hope, creates a future for us that we can live in and wake up without anxiety and with hope and with peace 
and knowing that there's something in front of us so much bigger than ourselves. Because uh, our lives are not about ourselves. We've said that multiple times, but it's not about you. It's about the person that you live next to who's hurting and needs a, a friend or a smile or your waitress who needs a 200% tip. Whatever it is, um, we have an opportunity to love people well today. And that's what encourages me. I love that. I love that. And I just, I just thank you so much. I tell people that the greatest gift they could give is their time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about how important time is and, and being effective. So thank you for spending this time with me and, and, and sharing your perspectives and your wisdom, uh, because it's truly impactful. And this episode just full, full of nuggets, full of richness. So thank you for for joining me today, and uh, and just just to let people know, I'm I'm gonna link everything in the show notes here. But the best place to reach you and con- and follow you and and the content you create, your podcast, tune in to Josh Andrews' podcast, Conversations with Josh Andrew. Uh, but where can people reach out to you or best place to see you? Yeah, uh, you can go to joshandrew.org. It's my website. It has all my links on there. Um, got a blog and stuff on there. So that's usually the best place to find it. But seriously, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm always privileged to be on podcasts and interview and learn and uh, makes me pretty insecure though. You're really uh, you're a good looking guy, man. You got the white teeth. Perfect beard. <laughs> Look at that. My beard is not filled in yet. We're working on that. Pray for me, listeners. I need it. Um, <laughs> so thanks, man. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.